Hello and welcome to Surveillance Report 20, bringing you the privacy and security news between July 20th to July 27th. Um, this officially marks our five-month episode, which is just... I can't believe it. I honestly can't. It felt like it was just three weeks ago that we put out the first SR. So a huge thank you to everybody who's seen the podcast evolve over time, and let's continue growing this and seeing where it goes. Um, today's report is featuring our Patreon community. We have full independence and the luxury to not have sponsors on our channel, forming our own affiliate plans as well as relying on our sources of income like Patreon in order to fund things like our editor for some of our videos, equipment upgrades, and more. If you enjoy our content that's offered for free with no paywalls, consider supporting our Patreon. Even a dollar helps out, and we have some cool perks like roles in our communities, behind-the-scenes content, daily lenses, and even one-on-one -on -one consultations for our highest tier. Thank you to our current patrons, your support really does mean the world to us, and enables us to do this for a living, which is just super cool. Um, like just, yeah, seriously, this is really cool, it's kind of a dream to be doing this, so thank you. Um, let's get into this week's report, starting with companies. For those who missed it in SR19, Twitter was pretty badly hacked last week, which led to cryptocurrency scam tweets coming from Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Obama, Biden, Apple, and some more. This was a social engineering attack that abused individual employees who had access to individual users' accounts. Well, the FBI and Twitter are investigating this breach and have revealed that more than 1,000 employees as of early 2020, and I believe that number is now up to 1,500, had the ability to target these accounts. This is terrible as it violates everything related to the principle of least privilege as there's no reason for so many people to have such powerful abilities. This gets worse when you consider they had access to personal DMs of these accounts as well. The takeaway. It seems Twitter has some security issues they need to figure out, but for you, if a large company like Twitter with a dedicated security team suffered a ridiculous attack like this at such a scale, who else is going to be vulnerable? I don't want you to be paranoid, but think about that before you sign up for a new account for anything. Do you really need it? Are there accounts you use today that you can shut down? The less you use, the better. Instacart is a food delivery service that's grown in popularity since the pandemic. Unfortunately, it appears that 300,000 accounts were found on the dark web, including names, credit card data, addresses, transaction information, and more. Instacart has denied any kind of breach or security issue on their end, and are saying this is likely some kind of external phishing scam outside of the Instacart ecosystem. Regardless, people are upset at the lack of action from them, and it's still unclear if they are responsible in any way. They've kind of taken a, well, you should go change your passwords approach. That's about it. Oh, the price you pay to not catch coronavirus at the grocery store. Um, there was actually one more news article that just slipped in before I made this report, so excuse the lack of a script for this, but Brave has come out with their own VPN. Kind of like Firefox, big copycat, so this is going to be using the Guardian service, and it's currently only for iOS. Um, that's, that's really it. That's the news. I don't know how they even made a blog article this long about it, but they did it. That was all of the company news we had this week. So let's move on to research. Apple has decided they are just sick and tired of having frankly pretty embarrassing security issues lately on iOS and have decided they're done. They have introduced an iPhone research device program for researchers and hackers to make it easier for them to report bugs and vulnerabilities that Apple may not otherwise catch, which has been kind of a problem recently. 
This will make the whole underground stolen prototype market less of a evil black market and will encourage a little bit of openness with security. Wow, did Apple invent this idea too? Uh, it actually is easy to make fun of Apple, but let's, let's treat this seriously. Um, it's a good step forward for them, so this is a good move overall. So hopefully we're gonna see some better security on iOS devices. Barracuda Networks and UC Berkeley have teamed up to study email account takeover attacks. The main statistic is that 20% of cases of these account takeovers resulted from a reused password. People, I know how convenient it is to use the same password for everything. I know, I've done it before, before I got into the privacy and security world, but frankly, just using unique passwords should probably be the first thing you implement if you're even watching these reports because it means you, you probably care about privacy or security in some regard. Um, it really does start with your passwords, and it's nice to see some data to remind us about this. We recommend Bitwarden, a password manager for those who need easy cloud syncing, and KeyPass for those looking for a more local option and a DIY cloud sync option. We haven't had very much COVID-19 news recently um, until now, so <laughs> uh, we should have known it wasn't going to last forever. There have been some security issues in the South Korean quarantine app. This could have allowed attackers to retrieve the names, real-time location, and other details of those in quarantine, and it also could have allowed an attacker to tamper with the data to make it look like individuals were violating quarantine orders. This is another app uh, to have vulnerabilities following India, Qatar, Norway, Britain, and more. Luckily, the South Korea app's issues have been fixed, but don't let this take away from the fact that contact tracing is a privacy nightmare with very little evidence of proven security. In other spooky technology news, researchers found a vulnerability in an Android app that controls drones made by Dajing. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, Dajiang, Dongjing Innovations. This app collects a mountain of data and the vulnerability was found. Ugh. Fortunately, the article mostly just talks about Chinese politics and focuses on the fact this is a Chinese app that is collecting too much data. Now, yes, I mean, I've covered this before. It is a problem. Thank you, researchers. But why don't we put some equal amount of time researching the countless companies based out of the US doing equally bad things? Facebook, Google, any credit card company, insurance companies, Snapchat, just to name a few. These are American companies. Why do these pieces of software get a free pass because they're American? I understand that there are tensions between China and the US, we're all aware of this, but it doesn't mean we should tolerate US-specific surveillance. We should tolerate no surveillance, period. This is also why things like TikTok frustrate me, as I don't see Facebook being much better than TikTok. Zuckerberg calls TikTok a threat to democracy, but you know what? Last I checked, TikTok didn't directly influence our election in 2016, and Facebook never had anything happen to them over that fiasco. So who really affects our democracy? No more ranting, <laughs> let's, let's move on to politics. And yeah, so let's see how, that, how far that ranting is actually gonna get us in politics. Um, New York has banned the use of facial recognition in schools throughout the state, which is awesome. This is the first bill in the US of its kind, and it would apply to all K through 12 buildings. Good work, Evan Greer would be very happy with you. Not to bring up TikTok again, but the US House has decided to stop federal employees from downloading TikTok on government-issued devices as part of a defense policy bill. That's really the story. Facebook is okay though, even though Zuckerberg has openly admitted they can directly access and view information for any account, including federal employees, meaning the likelihood of abuse from Facebook and TikTok is just a matter of what government's behind it. 
Don't forget Twitter had 1,000 employees who could probably get this information as well. But that's not a concern. TikTok is. No more of that. Um, let's get into the free and open source community, which is generally a little bit more optimistic. The semi-open Linux-based device manufacturer, System76, has decided to port Coreboot and Renoir, which is foreshadowing a System76 laptop with a Ryzen 4000 CPU. A very exciting upgrade indeed, as these are extremely powerful and efficient CPUs that most people love. And you can go over to Team Red. This is all speculation, so don't hold your breath, but this could be, could be very, very, very awesome indeed. And finally, we have our misfits of the week. <laughs> Garmin, oh Garmin. The smartwatch and wearable maker has suffered a pretty massive ransomware attack that's led to pretty much everything being shut down. Their website, their apps, their Garmin Connect service for their watches and phones, it's, it's just all down. Uh, ridiculously enough, Garmin has yet to confirm or really say anything. Uh, I'll update that soon, the script is a little bit outdated. They haven't confirmed it's ransomware despite all the evidence pointing to that, and they haven't even announced if user data has been compromised in any way. Um, update, they have announced that no user data has been breached. I don't believe they've actually confirmed it was a ransomware attack, but that's what everything points to at this point. Um, and also, at this point in time, I believe that's it's it's in limited ability. It's, it's returned in limited function. It's ugh, crap. It's returned with limited functionality as of last I heard. Um, so it's partially back. You'll probably see it returning fully soon. Uh, overall, I'm not very happy with the response that came from Garmin as someone who uses a Garmin watch. Uh, luckily, I don't really use much of their online services, so I'm not really affected by this, but seriously, I'm kind of disappointed in that response from them. And our final article of the week, a Genealogy family tree maker software maker, family tree maker software maker has exposed data of 60,000 users. This exposed users' emails, geolocation data, IP address, system IDs, support messages, and other technical details. Luckily, it doesn't seem like anything super sensitive, like DNA has been leaked, which is good. Um, but honestly, people, it's only a matter of time. I don't know if this was a DNA service specifically, but either way, it really is only a matter of time before something like a DNA service has a serious leak. Please do not upload your DNA to the internet. Just don't. And if you're thinking about it, just do some searches about 23andMe, this, and likely more coming soon. Just give it time. We'll have a lot more articles to prove to you why you shouldn't upload your DNA to the internet. And that was all the news this week. If you enjoyed this report, make sure to give us a like if you're on YouTube or another video platform. Give us a rating if you're on the podcast, share it with your friends, family, and any other platforms you have to spread the news to as many people as possible. And of course, don't forget about our Patreon community where you can directly support our work to keep these things happening every week-ish. Thank you so much for watching our five-month anniversary of Surveillance Support, and I will see you soon.